0: Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. This sermon is from the life of the church. For more messages like this, please see our website at www.venturechurch.co.za. We hope you enjoy this message. So here we are at the Vision 2020. 2020. Oh, I did that at the prayer meeting as well. Vision 2022 launch. And as you can see, we're gonna be doing something new this week. Not just this week, this year. We've come from 2018, where we were equipped to serve. 2019, the Lord moved us beyond. In 2020, we were called to more. And last year, we believed to dare. And now, in 2022, we will be breaking new ground. So why do we have a vision and what what does it mean for us? Because I have heard from time to time people saying, well, the vision of God never changes, amen, and thank Him. So then why do we have an annual vision? Well, just a little bit of context. Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord and I do not change. It's actually something I love to pray because it is the backbone of the confidence that we have. God has said, you're my son, you're my daughter, and I know that every time I come to him, he hasn't changed his mind because he is the Lord, he doesn't change. Possibly you haven't asked yourself why. Why does the Lord not change? It's so boring to not change. The Lord doesn't change because he's already perfect. So how do you change from perfection? You can only get worse. (laughs) So the Lord doesn't change. He doesn't change because He's perfect. And one more thing about his, His unchangingness is the fact that He is perfectly good. So when we come to Him, we not only have confidence that He hasn't changed His mind about us, but that he is good and his intentions towards us are good and that the eternal plan and purpose that he has, that he's working out, is good. And our role in it is good. Today's not the day to talk about, well, then why do bad things happen to good people? But they do. But the promise of Romans 8 is that God is able to work all circumstances for good for those who love him and are called according to his his name. Then in Lamentations 3 verse 22 and 23, it says this. The loyal love of the Yahweh does not cease. His compassions do not come to an end. They are new in the morning. Great is your faithfulness. The mercies, the revelation of God is new every morning. It's a beautiful tension truth. I am the Lord, I change not. My mercies are new every morning. How are they new every morning? Because while God is infinite and eternal and perfect, we're not. So the infiniteness of God can come fresh to us every single day. And in that light, every year, we choose to seek the Lord to find out what his focus and his emphasis is for that year. Not because, and that's partly why I read out the the, the previous visions, because there's a continuity in what God is saying. And he hasn't stopped calling us to believe today. He's just changing the focus slightly so that this year, 2022, we are gonna be breaking new ground. What does that mean for us? The last two years, most people have talked and as they've reflected, they've realized there's been significant loss of one kind or another. And that even extends to our, to our spiritual lives. God doesn't want us to get back to where we were in 2019. It may come as a shock to you. For many of us, we've started thinking about, how do I get, how do I get these things back? How do I... The Lord, I believe, is challenging us to move forward from where we are. And as we intentionally move forward from where we are right now, we will accidentally regain that which was lost. I really felt the Lord give that word over us. As we intentionally break new ground from where we are now, we will accidentally reclaim what was lost. If we focus on what was lost, getting back to 2019, then we will lose what God is saying to us now and we will be unable to hang on to what we thought we were regaining from 2019. So if we are intentional about breaking new ground, about embracing that, we will accidentally regain that which was lost because God wants us to be even more fruitful this year. That wonderful scripture in John 15. Every branch that doesn't bear fruit in me, he removes. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes in order that it may bear more fruit. And you can trace that word fruit through uh, John 15 and you'll see, I've come that you might bear fruit. And then he repeats it and he says, I've come that you might bear more fruit, much fruit and fruit that remains There's a progression, there's a growing, there's an intentional moving forward. So this year we're gonna be breaking new ground. But right now we're going to change our focus and we're gonna worship Jesus. So I wonder if I can ask you to stand and and I'm gonna lead us in prayer and then we are gonna worship. And after worship, gonna talk a little bit more and unpack a little bit more of what God is wanting to say to us. Breaking new ground means. Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are, the eternal God, perfect. Your plan is perfect and your ways are absolutely astonishing in their perfection. We thank you from 2022 that you are calling us to break new ground. Lord, we thank you that your purpose for us is to be more fruitful and so we embrace. Lord, I know that the flesh within us cries out to be passive and to just rest. But Lord, you've called us to more and right now you're calling us to break ground. So we embrace your vision because we embrace you and we worship you with every fiber of our being. Amen, and amen, and amen. Don't know about you, but uh, often when I'm seeking the Lord for an answer to a specific question, and, and I don't know about you either, but the more specific the question, the harder it is I find to hear the Lord. Sometimes it's because I've brought my own solution that I want the Lord to rubber stamp. Lord, please send me a Mercedes Benz. There's one on special down the road. Other times it's simply because I'm battling with something and it's like this filter that that makes it really difficult to hear. There's a wonderful passage in Ezekiel which the Lord spoke to me through uh, quite a few years back that continues to speak to me in terms of this, uh, where he says, Son of man, when you speak to me with idols before your face, I will answer you in accordance with the idols. It's like an insane if you think it through. So if you've got those issues, you're battling to, to let something go, you're battling with unforgiveness, you're battling with whatever it is that is um, filtering and hindering you from hearing the Lord, the first thing you need to do is hand it over to Jesus. It's like the white elephant in the room. First of all, you have to say, it's there. So when when you come and you're battling to hear the Lord, occasionally, I hear quickly clearly and decisively. And it's often been the case when we have sought the Lord for vision that it has taken some digging. It often reminds me of Genesis 32, which I read this week, where Jacob wrestled with the man, the angel, and wouldn't let him go. And as dawn uh, was starting to, to break, There's a nice breaking new ground in there. As dawn was starting to break, the angel said, let me go. And he said, I won't until you bless me. There's that wrestling with God that says, I'm not going to let you go, Lord, until you fulfill your purpose and plan and promise that you gave me. So if you've never looked at that story, or if you have looked at that story and wondered, what thing's going on here? I encourage you to read it again. It's a positive story. Even though Jacob walked away with a limp, it was a reminder to him every single time he limped. I've met with God and I have received his promises. So previous, in previous years, as um, we've sought the Lord. What is it, Lord, that you want us to focus on? What is the vision for this year? We've had to be like Jacob wrestling with the angel to find what is it, Lord, that you're saying? Sometimes it's really a question of it's, it's, it's weeks and weeks before there's any, any clarity. The Lord gave us a strategy last year and I really felt as, as the elders gathered to pray into this, not to come as prepared as I usually do, having heard scriptures and, and a theme. We, we met, we prayed, and God spoke quickly, clearly, and decisively and it really helped us to understand just the importance and the impact and and just how invaluable this vision of breaking new ground is to us so the lord as we started asking the lord to unpack it for us he he started revealing to us that a major portion of what he wants to do is to reestablish us after the last two years. If you read the news, you'll know COVID hasn't gone away. There are still new cases and people are still sadly dying from it. So COVID hasn't gone away. We're really trusting and believing that the state of emergency, which is the legal basis for the lockdowns, will be gone within a month or so. And that we won't ever have a lockdown for COVID again. We're trusting the Lord for that. And we're we're building accordingly. But we felt the the Lord wanting to speak to us, that he's wanting to, to bring about a restoration of what has been lost. For some of us, the last two years, we have been robbed of our peace, of our sense of security, even our sense of purpose and for many of us, are good habits. It's amazing how doing destructive doing nothing can be. There were several interesting things that the Lord spoke to me about in terms of that realization. One of the interesting ones is that being passive as a believer is the most unhappy state of affairs, and the most unhappy way to be a Christian is to be passive. Hey, Jesus saved me. I'm laying back in my spiritual lazy boy until Jesus comes back to collect me. That is the most unhappy state you can live in as a believer. Someone once described it to me as, the Christian life is like roller skating uphill. And I thought, that's a terrible picture. The point that they wanted to emphasize was, if you stand still, stuff happens. The illusion of doing nothing is just that, an illusion. So the Lord spoke clearly to us that he didn't want us to try and get back to where we'd been. I've already mentioned this. He didn't want us to try and get back to where we were at the end of 2019. And the Lord, if you can remember back there, it feels a bit like a half a lifetime ago, hey? And Many people have said that to me and I really, I get it. But he spoke to us and said, I don't want you to go back to 2019, I want you to focus on what I'm saying now, and as you intentionally face forward and move forward, as you intentionally break ground, you will accidentally find me restoring what had been, what was lost, what had been stolen, the bad habits that had snuck in, the good habits that had slipped out, the sense of peace that you'd lost, we're not going backwards, we're going forwards. The past is the past, but God has an even better future. It's only God who can say something like that. I was reflecting on, uh, on our presentation and I, I'm so blessed. The biggest problem I have with uh, the church staff is just how stupidly talented they are and how amazingly creative and how blessed I feel. Up until Tuesday, we had two amazing different graphics that, uh, that we, we were wanting, we were developing, the royal we. I, they just made me look good. <laughs> That's the reality. It's like my wife. She just makes me look good. There was just so much going on. And, and as, you know, as I was looking at these different ideas, at the creativity that was coming out, I realized how much life God has already given us. And it is so easy to get caught up in the negative, in what, we've, in what we've lost, instead of putting our hand to the plow and moving forward. So God wants us to focus intentionally on breaking new ground, on moving forward, on being front-footed, on moving forward, and then accidentally, He will restore to us all those things that we feel have been stolen from us. If you want... If you want to find your peace, don't go looking in the past for it. Find Jesus in the here and now and move forward with him. And you can only do that by looking forward. As we were were discussing this breaking new ground, the verse that God was speaking to us out of came equally quickly. So Hosea 10 verse 12. You can see it if you look really carefully on here and on the on the logo up the, up the side of the N of the new is the verse, Hosea ten twelve. Who knows the book of Hosea? It's an amazing book in the Old Testament. It just shows you how unconventional God is. He called Hosea as a prophet, and then he told him to go and find and marry a prostitute and out of that life situation, and it caused havoc, his life was not easy. And out of that situation, God used his life and his life experiences as an object lesson to the nation of Israel. And in chapter 10, verse 12, amidst a whole lot of complaining and a whole lot of prophetic declaration of this is where you're at, and it's thoroughly rotten, God gives us incredible promise Through the mouth of Hosea. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap loyal love. Break up for yourselves fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord. It's time to seek Yahweh. So he will come and rain righteousness upon you. So what does this verse tell us about the vision that God has for us? We're going to be unpacking its meaning and application over the next couple of weeks. But I want to say a couple of things now before we activate the vision. I want to say a couple of things now about what this scripture says to us. In a sense, laying some groundwork of what God is wanting to do with us. The first thing is sowing and reaping. It starts by saying, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap royal, loyal love. The scripture has got a lot to say about what we like to call the law of sowing and reaping. Uh, I wish there was a word somewhere between law and principle, because we tend to think of a, a principle as, as, as something, yeah, we can take it or leave it. And we tend to think of the word law as like it's this absolute weight laid upon us. I often like to use the word pattern. But even that's not quite strong enough. There is an eternal pattern throughout the scripture of sowing and reaping. I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures. First of all, Galatians 6:7, which says is the most powerfully and clearly to me. Don't be misled. Or don't be deceived, I think the NIV says. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Now, if you are a, someone who loves working in the garden, you already know this truth. We're gonna uh, give you some seeds just now. They're basil seeds, but they could be just the same as mustard seeds because they're flipping tiny. But if you plant a basil seed and you expect a mustard bush to grow, what's gonna happen? You're gonna get basil, hopefully. <laughs> if you get anything, you're gonna get basil. And not basil faulty. Don't be misled, don't be deceived. God has not marked what you sow that you reap. It's another translation, I think probably the NIV. There is an eternal principle here. If you sow nothing, what are you gonna reap? Well, that one's guaranteed. It doesn't matter what the weather is, doesn't matter what the the state of the soil or any any condition, is irrelevant. If you sow nothing, you are guaranteed to reap nothing. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will reap a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. It's in the context in 2 Corinthians 9 of Paul talking about financial giving as an expression of generosity. He's not hung up on the money, he's hung up on the state of our hearts. Are we generous? And in the context, he's. Uh, let me not get sidetracked onto that. That's for another day. But the point is, he's saying, sow a little. The most you can reap is a little. Even if God blesses your little a hundredfold, as the parable of the sower promises us, that little may still be an enormous blessing. But if you have much and you sow little, you will know. Even under the blessing of God, how little you've sown. It's why we sing we about and we encourage you. Let's give our all to Jesus. Don't hold back. The more of ourselves we give to Jesus, not just with words, but practically, the happier we are in him because we live in this abundance. We sow abundantly and we reap abundantly. We put all our eggs and our potatoes and our carrots in one basket, the Jesus basket, not the offering basket. Hosea 8 verse seven, seeing as we're already in Hosea. They've planted the wind and they will reap the whirlwind. This is as much a negative pattern as it is a positive pattern. Because he's saying in Hosea, a little bit earlier from where our verse is, he's saying, they've planted, but they've planted the wind and they're gonna reap the whirlwind there's going to be a harvest. Don't be mocked if you are refusing to deal with things that the Lord has been speaking to you about for years. But if you're refusing to deal with them, there is a time of harvest. If there's a habit you know of in your life and you are able to hide it, don't be fooled, God is not mocked. What you sow, you will reap. And if you're sowing the wind, you will reap the whirlwind. Deal with it now. It's better to deal with it now than wait for later. One of the the things that that sin does, I I love this phrase, it's not biblical. The power of sin is in its secrecy. Such a great phrase. It means that before you share it, that thing is a 20 gazillion ton weight on you. Once you've shared it, it's down to, one billion. There is a release, just in revealing. Hey, I'm battling with this. I'm, I'm battling with pornography. I'm battling with lying. I'm battling with swearing. I'm, I'm, I'm battling with my honesty. I'm battling with my integrity. There is a there is a release in sharing that and allowing yourself intentionally to be held accountable. Genesis twenty six twelve. When Isaac planted his crops that year, having come back into the land of Canaan that he that he had been promised through Abraham would be his, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he had planted, for the Lord blessed him. When we sow intentionally to the Spirit, as Galatians tells us to, we reap a harvest. And it's a disproportionately large harvesting to what we sow. And then one of my favorite books of the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes 11 verse one, and my second favorite uh, verse from Ecclesiastes, send your grain across the season in time, prophets will flow back to you. Or as some of the older versions said, cast your bread on the water, and after many days, it will return to you. And I first heard that in, uh, in my teens my late teens, I remember having this graphical picture of uh, baking a boat and putting it on the water and sending it out. Not what it means. But the, there is this principle of sowing and reaping. Read Ecclesiastes 11.1. One, uh, that was from the NLT. It, it unpacks it very nicely. It is a financial business principle. If you, I know Dean knows this because he does a lot of uh, importing. That's what it's talking about. Cast your bread, that which you live on, your bucks, invest in your future. Inve- you've got to buy upfront the machinery and the stuff that you're importing. Put it on the water, and after many days, it'll come back to you. What you've bought will come, uh, what you've paid for will come back in, in product, in harvest. So there is even a harvest with machinery and investment and import and export. The pattern in Hosea is it's time to seek Yahweh so he will come and rain righteousness upon you. Because physical training is of some value, but godliness is of value in all things. So it's not that God doesn't want to bless you relationally Uh, spiritually, financially, in every area of your life. It's the fact that when we focus on that, we lose the rest. Two other other things I want to say. The next thing is about plowing up ground. It says, break up for yourself fallow ground. It's time to seek Yahweh. There's a slight difference here between this verse and what God's spoken to us, breaking new ground. So there's two kinds of ground that God is wanting us to plow up. The first is fallow ground. What does fallow mean? Well, if you know anything about agriculture, you leave a field fallow, often for a year, to allow it, you, you basically let it go wild, but you do it so that it can regain its nutrients so that the, when you come and plow it up and, re, and replant it, the crop is even stronger. So, because you can't just keep planting in the same soil over and over again. The, 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 uh, the seed and whatever comes from the seed eats specific stuff out of the soil and that has to be replenished in the soil. So fallow means dormant, unplowed, but previously productive. And God wants to reestablish birth, new, breathe new life, and bring to birth again. Things in us that have become fallow, they look like a mess, but they were previously productive. God wants to do that. Remember how I started by saying, when we intentionally focus on breaking new ground, God will accidentally restore to us that which was lost. That's the fallow ground. The difference between fallow ground and new ground is, uh, is in whether it's ever been productive before. God does, doesn't just want us to be productive in the areas that we have been before. He wants us to be productive in new areas as well. He wants to expand our 10 pegs, which was a, a vision six years ago. He's speaking the same things to us. And then secondly, breaking new ground. And that's what this year, is all about us, what well, we're trusting the Lord. We're trusting the Lord to do something new with us and or through us. Well, what do I mean by the difference? With you means some kind of personal, spiritual development and growth. Maybe it's a character thing that God's working in. These, these things are super, super difficult. When I was working in IT, there were all sorts of metrics for productivity. And you probably know about those in your, in your own jobs. And p- the, uh, your manager was able to evaluate, based on theoretically objective criteria, your productivity. One of the greatest challenges about uh, being involved in the church is how do you measure spiritual things with objective metrics? It's challenging. How do you measure objective, objectively personal growth? Well, that word objectively is a, good option, is, a good, is a good hint. It's in others' response to you that you're able to see the growth that has happened in you and allow the Lord to speak to you. So God wants to do something new with you, but he also wants to see something maybe through you. And that is something of his heart for others. So maybe it's a social endeavor. Whatever it is, it means getting involved. Getting involved as a a means, a mechanism to allow God to use you more. And of course, being involved is one of our core values. It's not an end in itself. It is God's way of knitting us into the fullness of what he has and allowing us to grow beyond who we are. This thing is not just, as Yolandi shared with us um, earlier in the service, this is not just something for your church life. Because your church life might take up four hours of a week if you come to a Sunday morning service and you go to Connect Group. To you know, four hours. I mean, you're at work at least 40 hours a week. Seems to be pressure on that to become more and more. God wants to affect... Those 40, he wants to affect your rest time. He wants to break new ground in every single area of your life, not just on a Sunday. Every area of your life, all of your time, even when you're sleeping, he wants to be affecting all of that. So I just encourage you to look. Maybe it's something that you've already dreamt about. Maybe the Lord gave you The the, the new thing, the new ground that he wants to break up this year, maybe he spoke to you about that 10 years ago and it's become a fallow area in your life. Something that you put your hand to, you looked at, you wanted to get involved in. Maybe you were mightily used in it and it's just slipped to the back burner. God wants to bring it back to the forefront, reignite it again. The stuff that God has for us as a church, as a body. So it's not just corporate, but it's, all, it's not just individual, it's also corporate. So last year, we believed to dare God to host an NCMI equip. That's like Hexley's Cornerstone, mega churches do that. Venture Church did it. It was awesome. It was us as a body believing to dare. And we hosted an incredible equip. It really was an amazing time and significant, significant, significant. <laughs> this year, we're looking to buy land. Now that is really stupidly, that is really stupidly crazy. It's, it's like amazing. God is good in these crazy times of, of economic uh, challenge. We have seen a a decrease in uh, tithes and offerings, objectively speaking, over the last two years. So in that context, we're looking to buy land. Dare I say to you, we're looking to buy a specific piece of land. We had amazing news earlier, uh, earlier this year, so earlier in January, about one of the pieces of land we've been looking at in Fairlands, that it has already been uh, allocated. I don't know, there's a fancy word for it. Zone. thank you. It's already zoned for a church. And it has the name, the Jerusalem land, from the government. It's this piece of land down the road at the end. If you, if you go out, you turn right, you hit uh, an L, and there's a piece of felt in front of you, that's the piece of land, whether it's all of it or part of it. Don't know, but we are going to push that door until it opens. When it comes to the time, do we have the faith? Do we have the courage? Do we have the conviction to put our money where our faith is? God wants to give us a home. Not so that we can be comfortable, so that we can be more impactful for the kingdom, so that we can be a resource center to the nations, so that we can fulfill words that have been spoken over Venture churches, as it's now called, for 35 years. Maureen was looking through um, her prophetic book from previous years and just reminding us, even the words that came out during the evenings of prayer this week were powerful in just encouraging us again that God hasn't forgotten us. He has the same vision for us that he had five years ago, 10, 20, 30 years ago. And we need a property in order to be able to be more effective. We don't wait till then. When the Spirit comes upon us, and we fulfill the command to go to the nations, we start where we are. But we don't neglect going to the uttermost parts of the earth. So we're not waiting. Kenny's going to Zambia at the end of this month. Dean's going with him at the end of this month, this week, Tuesday. This is a privilege we get to share in. We are involved in the nations. And let me tell you that work that he's going to to speak is significant in the country of Zambia. We are significant as Venture Church in the nations. Uh, Do you think I can repeat that thing that um, Greg said to you and I? Hmm. So there is a... (laughs) (laughs) There's there's somebody we know who... um, who said to Kenny and I sometime towards the end of, separately towards the end of last year, stop thinking of yourself as a little church or insignificant because you guys are fulfilling the call of God in a way that many much larger churches with much larger budgets are not. God is not interested in our size. You and I, we have a huge inheritance. In fact, if you really want to be ugly, we have a bigger inheritance because there's fewer of us. Okay, let's not dwell on that. (laughs) So God wants to to give us a land and give us a building for the kingdom. But it's a promise to us and part of our inheritance. So I'm gonna ask you now to stand. If you wanna embrace this vision, if you wanna embrace God's law of sowing and reaping, if you recognize and are prepared to be intentional about preparing the soil of your heart and mind to receive the seeds that God possibly has already given to you. And if you're prepared to get involved in what we're doing as a church, both individually and corporately. So, thank you. I hadn't even finished. I love that. Reminds me of Acts. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. I want to lead us in prayer. So, can I encourage you? Close your eyes, do business with God. It's wonderful to be able to do that, but we are responding to him. Lord, we wanna get on board with what it is that you're doing with us, individually, corporately. Thank you that you've resourced your plan, that you've, you've given purpose and meaning. Thank you that it, it is an eternal plan and it's not changing. Thank you that the details you have in your heart and mind and you're revealing to us. And as we respond to your commission to break new ground, we pray that you would hold us accountable, but we pray too that you would help us to do what we can't do in our own strength. We, we need you. Oh, we need you. In order to honor you as you deserve to be honored, we need you. And so we commit ourselves to you unreservedly. Flood our hearts, flood our minds, flood our wills and our purposes with your purpose and intention and thoughts. We embrace this for every area of our lives. Lord, in our businesses, Lord, in our families and our relationships, our friends, we embrace putting you first and we embrace breaking new ground, godly ground, the ground that you Holy Spirit lead us into. So truly, we commit ourselves to you, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Jesus. So you're welcome to take your seats. What we like to do when we do these vision releases is we—and I'm sorry—I uh, know it's 25 past—but it's just such a great uh, way to uh, to seal this thing in our hearts and to be able to take something away. We've done passive things in the past, like uh, giving you magnets. want to do something active today because that's very much what God's called us to, and very much in line with uh, with the, the, the whole picture. Uh, you might have noticed that uh, the leadership has tried to dress up in a kind of farmerly type attire. I was proud to say that as far as I've seen, now I'm looking, Michael Allen might be the exception. Not one of us has a pair of fellies. But Nikki has some Wellington boots. So we have tried to dress up in, uh, oh yeah, and Anthony's got a come in his sock. We have tried to to, to pick this theme up just to reinforce. We will continue to use these visual aids, but we want to activate it today. So the deacons are gonna administer this. Please stay in your seat until you're released to come forward. Uh, Can I ask that we start taking off the covers here? What we're gonna do is one by one, you're gonna come forward. You are going to take one of these small pots. You are going to take a, a little trowel Take some potting soil, put your potting soil in your pot and then you're gonna take a, one of these packets of seeds. I was all for you planting the seeds right now but my wife said to me, there are a few people like me who will never put their long beautiful nails in that horrible dirty soil. So what you will do is once you've, once you've put the soil in and you've taken your seeds, you will go home. Now I already said the seeds are basil seeds they, they're pretty hardy because if you're anything like me, I have like lead fingers, not green fingers. So they're, they're pretty hardy. So when you get home, before you do anything else, plant your seeds, make a little, and it's not just one seed, it's seeds. Make a hole, put your seeds in them, cover it over, find a saucer or something, a plastic something to put it on and, and water it. Then find somewhere to put it. Basil apparently likes partial, shade, uh, partial sunlight. So find somewhere, a windowsill maybe is good, that has maybe afternoon sun. My basil has thrived in afternoon sun uh, outside my house. And every time you see it, remember the Lord has called you to break new ground. The activation, I just wanna lead us in, in prayer. So I feel like we should raise our pots As a really, I think that's the definition of a mixed metaphor. (laughs) Raise your pot to the Lord. Father, as we as we have um grabbed these pots, put soil in it, as we're gonna plant our seed, water it, put it somewhere where it can uh it's positioned for you to do your work. Lord, we commit this seed and this sowing into your hands. Lord, may it be fruitful. May we be loving Basil. May we be enjoying seeing it grow. First the head, then the shoot, then the root, and then the fruit. But Lord, most of all, we commit ourselves into your hands. May you do what it is that you've promised to do. May you pour out your abundance upon us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that it was a blessing to you. If you want to connect with us further, log on to our website, venturechurch.co.za or connect with us on our various social pages, Instagram and Facebook.